Thanks for listening to the audio-only podcast edition of our show. We air live over on Twitch via our Twitch channel every Wednesday, life and work permitting, starting at 7 p.m. Central. If you like what you've heard here so far, follow our Twitch channel at twitch.tv backslash genorange. And while you're over there, why not do us a huge favor and go ahead and drop a sub? If you do catch us during the live show, let us know in the Twitch chat. We love you guys and look forward to chatting with you guys next Wednesday. Now, back to the show. Guys, we uh, we do appreciate you tuning in. Uh, obviously, <laughs> sorry, I'm now getting to actually check chat. Uh, Mark, uh, how are you? Well, I'm good, man. What's going on? Just here, trying to enjoy the some dinner before you know we got started. So luckily, I was able to finish it up. Um, but other than that, I'm good, man. Ready to go. Watch yourself. I am. Uh, I mean, I know you saw in host chat, man. I've been. Uh, I've been researching this week. Busy, 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 busy. I see. I see. Uh, we got we got a full full show lined up for you guys tonight for sure. Uh, even have a couple things that if we uh, happen to to be able to get to them, we'll get to them. Uh, but guys, first of all, again, thanks for joining. We do appreciate it, especially those of you that are in chat already. Uh, those of you that maybe join a little bit later, we appreciate it as well. Uh, of course, as always, guys, remember you can follow us on Twitter at Gen Orange Radio. Follow myself on Twitter at Sean Ringrose. Follow Mark, uh, the ever-popular, ever-wonderful pollster at Chase Segovia uh, on Twitter as well. Uh, and then, of course, if you haven't followed our Twitch channel yet, make sure you follow our Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Generation Orange. Uh, guys, we appreciate you joining, like I said, as always. And then, if you haven't yet, make sure you bookmark our anchor.fm uh, site, I guess, page, uh, anchor.fm slash Gen Orange, G-E-N Orange. Uh, that's where we post our, our weekly audio uh, uh, audio only version of the episode, uh, too, so that you guys can, if you miss an episode, we get it. You can't always be here live for the, the one to two hour show. Uh, and so we want to try to make that available for those who want to listen in later uh, to be able to stay up to date and, and caught up on everything. So hit us up, anchor.fm slash Gen Orange, and you guys can subscribe uh, to get updates from there. Uh, using your favorite podcast service as well via iTunes. Uh, or Apple Podcasts, I guess, technically, via iTunes. Uh, Google Podcasts via uh, via YouTube Music, because that's what it is now. Uh, and then uh, Stitcher, we're on there, I'm pretty sure, I think, as well. And, and a host of other, there's too many to list, but a host of other uh, podcast platforms that release, distribute the podcast for us. So uh, definitely really, really appreciate uh, the opportunity to put that out there. We've wanted to do that for a while, and we started it up a few weeks ago. Hey, that's awesome! Uh, won the <laughs> Open Cup today in Football Manager 2020, uh, 20, 2021-22 season. Good vibes for this season. I mean, look, uh, <laughs> I don't want to start with that. I really, like, I could, we could dive right into it right now, but we'll hold that. We'll come back to that. Uh, uh, we will come back to that. Um, but first, before we dive into Dynamo Talk, uh, just like last week, uh, I want to make sure we start with uh, the Houston Dash. Uh, it is... Uh, it is. Uh, it was recently uh, International Women's Day. Uh, I don't remember what the exact phrasing for that is, uh, but you know we don't just celebrate the ladies just one day of the year. We like to celebrate the ladies throughout the year, uh, and uh, so we want to make sure we give the shine to the Dash. And again, they deserve it, having won Challenge Cup last year uh, and having come out in the in the air quote regular season kind of semi tournament, I guess you would call it, uh, and showing out really well there. Uh, so, uh, Dash, the uh, Challenge Cup defense for the Houston Dash, for those that don't know or haven't seen it yet, uh, that Challenge Cup defense begins against Chicago Red Stars, the team that they beat for the Challenge Cup in the Challenge Cup final last year. That defense begins at BBVA Stadium here in Houston on April 9th. If you haven't uh, had a chance yet to prepare to pick up your tickets, purchase your tickets for that, make sure you do that. Those go on sale uh, pretty soon, probably sometime later this week or next week. Uh, so make sure you keep your eyes peeled on, on uh, the uh, at Houston Dash uh, for the official Houston Dash FC, not FC, Houston Dash Twitter. Uh, so that you can make sure when they do go on sale, I'm sure they'll post the link up for everybody to grab those. Uh, you don't want to miss it. Again, it's a chance to celebrate the ladies, uh, all the work that they put in. Uh, and at that point, at least 30% of the stadium should be full. 
Um, uh, with that being said, uh, Mark, uh, I wanted to real quick uh, do a little prediction uh, for the dash part of this uh, part of things here. So, super easy question: What is your prediction for where the dash finish in their Challenge Cup defense? Back to back, man. Why not? Um, you know, it's one of those things where I think there's a lot of momentum going to the team going into the season this season for the dash. You know, obviously with the all the achievements that they have for last season. Um, and I think you got a lot of motivated players coming up as well, you know, with, with um US, you know, US national team players like Mewis and, and Campbell, and then you got the Canadian players like Schmidt and, and Prince and them, and then obviously Ms. Daly over there repping England. Um, they're obviously all trying to show good form for because you know they want to keep getting selected for the national teams. But I think that you know it's going to be a great, great challenge cup for them because obviously at the end of the day, I expect them to hoist that trophy and defend their title. So that's my my that's my uh, prediction. I uh, I want to argue, uh, but I think for this one we are definitely uh, definitely aligned uh, for sure. Uh, look, I mean, the Houston Dash are built to win. Um, you, you've got Shea Groom, you've got Christy Mewis, you've got Rachel Daly, you've got Katie Naughton, uh, you've got Megan Oyster at the back, you've got uh, Jane Campbell in goal, you've got uh, Veronica Latsko, who, who showed out really well in the tournament, you've got uh, Brie Vasali, who on that wing is just a terror against defenders, uh, you've got Alicia Chapman, you've got Nichelle Prince, who's com who comes off the bench and plays really, really well, uh, you've got Sophie Schmidt in the center of the field locking down that midfield, You've got Haley Hansen, uh, just, you know, player after player after player. This team is deep. This play, this team is strong, uh, and they got better. They picked up a couple more players. They, you know, they, they didn't have a lot to do on draft night, but that was okay. They didn't need to do a whole lot, and they really didn't lose anything, you know, important to their title defense. And, again, you've got a team that's already had a full season to gel together, and they showed last year what they were capable of. So I think all bets are off. This team absolutely can do it again, and – if they do, look, it puts the league on notice going into the regular season, and there's no doubt in my mind that this team can at least compete up into playoffs, if not all the way through the playoffs. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, you know, and plus, you know, the most important thing about all, on top of everything that you and me said was just the fact that, you know, that these girls love playing with each other, and they have great chemistry on the pitch, and, you know, and I think that they're they're going to do great things you know I, I i honestly see it obviously bearing any kind of injuries but you know i don't i don't see why not why can't these these gals go out there and defend their title and then go into the regular season on a high note and and make their first ever playoffs you know and their and their club history you know yep absolutely uh all right so moving on from the dash we've uh we you know we we, we did our did our due diligence uh, let's talk about, oh, I don't know, Dynamo. Uh, it sounds like a good topic. We kind of shorted it a little last week, so let's dive into it this week. Uh, the Dynamo begin their, uh, season, uh, and also it happens to be the home opener, and it also happens to be MLS's season opener match, uh, on Friday, April 16th at 7 p.m. at BBVA Stadium here in Houston against San Jose Again, the Dynamo have already said they're going to have about 30% capacity available. Uh, I, I don't know about you, but based on some of the hype that I've seen from some of the people out there, I don't think 30% is necessarily a uncomfortable number for them to reach in the home opener. It is San Jose, so not maybe not the biggest name for the home opener, but it's still the home opener in a very important season. Uh, what are your thoughts? What do you mean, man? Chris Wondolowski, the all-time goal scorer in MLS history. That's the, that doesn't, you know, bring the crowd out. Nah, man. But uh, but beforehand, <laughs> beforehand, um, shout out to you. Nice jersey. I see you on there rocking the orange, the new the new orange. Uh, hopefully, I'll get mine here pretty soon. Um, you know, I'm still rocking the old school. You know, you know, trying to pay homage to the old crest. Uh, R.I.P. Old crest. <laughs> but no, man. I mean, obviously, it's a this is great, man. I, I'm, I'm happy. You know, obviously, myself, you, and a number of other people here on the chat. And I'm, I'm, you know, we we got to experience last year the open the season opener. You know, when LA Galaxy came in, 
and you know it was a great environment a uh, great atmosphere you know everything was awesome about that day um you know who would have thought that that was going to be the only match we would go see that year right you know and obviously fast forwarding to you know march what would you say march 16th right is the opener um, April, April 16th, my friend. April 16th. April 16th. Sorry, April 16th. <clears throat> March 16th is next week. Yeah. Uh, next week, Thursday. Yeah. Uh, no, it's actually Sorry, before yeah. that. <laughs> Sorry about that. Yeah, April 16th. You know, it's it's gonna be. Uh, I pretty even though it might be at 30% capacity, I think it's gonna be. I think it'll still be a great showing for the the Dynamo, just because I think a lot of people here are so and so amateur to go see them live. You know, to go see live soccer, just to go see live events in general so and who knows maybe by april 16th that 30 percent might have might might be up to 50 percent. who knows you know depending on obviously the situation going on in hand i mean people are vaccinated and all that good stuff whatever but i'm excited about it man i'm excited for mls season to start i'm excited for the dynamo to start i'm excited about these new additions i'm uh i'm excited about you know tab finally having a, a year under his belt and seeing what he can do as a as a coach you know in the sophomore season um, so there's a lot of there's a lot of good things going around. The good thing about a beginning of a new season is everybody starts zero zero. No. So there's no there's no crap about hey, last season this happened, last season was a big disappointment. Yeah, it was. That's in the past. New season, you know, everybody starts fresh. Let's see what we can do from here on out. Yeah, and interesting you bring that up because that's exactly what Tab's been saying to the to the to the boys. Like literally exactly that you know this is a new season let's let's start over let's let's forget about last season last season was pandemic it was covid it was corona uh you know it was everything else that happened it was a shortened season it was you know mls's back tournament it was quarantines not getting to spend time with your families uh etc 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 uh you know all that is behind us let's move forward let's move on let's start fresh this year uh, you know, obviously there have been a ton of changes. We kind of hinted and talked about it a little bit last week. There's been a ton of changes to the uh, to the Dynamo roster uh, year over year, which is in this case probably a very good thing. I will go out on a limb and say it is definitely a very good thing. Um, but you also mentioned the point that you know this is so early in in the mix uh, in terms of of timing. Uh, you know, April 16th. That's still over a month away. And yet we already have uh, betting lines from, uh, what was it, BetMGM up on MLSsoccer.com as an article talking about what the 2021 MLS Cup odds are uh, for every club as preseason begins to get underway. Uh, what I thought was interesting coming out of that, uh, Mark, is, is the club they have in first uh, in terms of their best odds to win MLS Cup in 2021. Uh, I... I I'm a bit curious how they put LAFC at number one ahead of Seattle and ahead of Columbus, who were both in MLS Cup in 2021 or 2020. And uh, LAFC has not even made it to MLS Cup at this point, And yet you have them winning MLS Cup as the best odds. Now, again, this is odds to win MLS Cup, which could change dramatically throughout the season. It will change dramatically throughout the season. But it's a great starting point in comparison to power rankings, which are usually based purely off of popularity. There is some, to at least a small extent, uh, you know, some looking at the lines, figuring out what teams have the easier schedule, what teams don't. Those sorts of things go into these predictions, or not predictions, but these these odd makers uh, figuring out who goes where. Uh, but I, I just I find it interesting that they have LAFC first. Look, I like the team. I think they've got a decent team, but first place, in, you know, winning MLS Cup uh, at plus 500, to, to me, that is that is still a very long shot. And we've seen it in other leagues where the, the team that is favored going into the preseason never wins the cup, never wins the, the trophy, never wins the championship. So, Mark, what is your thought of LAFC at the, in the top spot at plus 500? No. You and me were talking about this offline before we started the show, and I was telling you, you know, I'm not gonna lie, I'm I'm, I'm a little bit of a degenerate. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I do follow a lot of betting lines. I do bet so soccer sometimes, and I do bet you know other sports, obviously in that in that standpoint. You know, and the interesting thing about MLS when you're betting MLS is that, um. It's not as it's not as pinpoint. Vegas is not on top of their game as far as you know um, odds and things of that nature when it comes to MLS. 
um, which is great for, you know, somebody who maybe, you know, follows it and can, you know, take advantage of those of those uh, odds and score lines and things of that nature. And, you know, obviously, LAFC is a sexy name. Uh, it's a popular name. It's a popular club, you know, and obviously the success that they had the last two seasons, you know, obviously there's no, no silverware aside from the community shield that they won their first year. Uh, mm. the, I mean, but uh, yeah, but but like I said, it's 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 one of those things where I I have no doubt in my mind that 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 they'll have a great regular season, but until you can show me that you can succeed in the postseason where it matters most, and finally lift up that MLS Cup, then you know, you're just another one. You're just another one, a part of the bunch. You no. know, for me, honestly, if I was gonna, if I was the 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 wise guys over there in Vegas, and I had to choose a team. Honestly, I I wouldn't go too much further away from the defending champs of Columbus Crew. Exactly. I love what they've done. I love what they've done with the team. I love their additions that they, they that they added to their club. Um, not they didn't lose anybody big in particular, and they made their bench and their and their whole team stronger. So I would not be surprised if Columbus goes for a back to back title. You know, especially with all the hype around the club with their new stadium opening up. Obviously, the celebration of them winning MLS Cup last season. So, I mean, in my opinion, I would have Columbus number one, and not just because they're the defending champs. The reason, I mean, Seattle would be a great pick too. But you know, now you're minus one of your top three players in Jordan Morris. You haven't replaced him yet. You know, obviously, we don't know what they what else they have cooking up as far as you know uh, players coming in through the through their academy but obviously you know they have their number 10 and their, their number nine who are uh, elite in mls standards so you know as long as you have those two guys you know you'll always be a, a contending team but the loss of morris is going to be a, a big a big blow to seattle um you know obviously other clubs that you can talk about you know um portland timbers you know is another club that maybe you know uh, might have a chance out there but obviously portland is one of those clubs that I feel are more closer to the bunch than they are a legit MLS Cup contender. But, you know, regardless of whatever happens, LAFC, I believe, is just, you know, obviously it's just a sexy name. So it's a known name. Obviously, they have the biggest biggest player in the league in Carlos Vela, the most notable, uh, most recognized player in the league, maybe uh, next to Charito. But, but you know, that's that's the only reason for that. So I would have, I would not be placing my bet on LAFC if I was a not, yeah I would not either not at plus five hundred uh I, you know the the payout is so slim at plus five hundred and then you have to tack on the fact that again you, you, you your probability of it actually being LAFC is pretty pretty slim uh so yeah Seattle num- Seattle second uh Columbus third that's plus eight hundred plus nine hundred respectively. I'm gonna jump a few places to eight. Uh, the team that's uh, in kind of the eighth place in the in their uh, in, in the betting lines here, Orlando City SC at plus eighteen hundred. Orlando comes before teams like Atlanta, Portland, who you just mentioned that you think could be a kind of a uh, one of those teams to look out for to make a run into MLS uh, ML- at the MLS Cup. New York Red Bulls enter Miami, LA Galaxy, New England Revolution, Minnesota United, who had such a fantastic season last year. FC Dallas, or Final uh, exactly, and you've got Orlando up in 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 the top eight, and all of those teams that I just said are all after Orlando, uh, which I think is is a travesty, uh, and tells me that somebody who's you know whoever's coming up with these lines uh, has some you know some bit of information that they think makes sense for why Orlando has moved that far up the the list, but uh, you know I guess we'll see when it comes to that. You know what? I'll, oh, go ahead. No, I mean, I mean, if if I was the one creating the list and I had Orlando ahead of all those guys, um, obviously I I would think highly of the addition of Pato as as a, as a, as their nine. Obviously, you know, so you're kind of predicting that he's going to have a great season alongside Nani, you know, who's still playing at a high high level here in MLS, you know, along with the other other players. I mean, Orlando, let's not forget they did have a great a good MLS is back tournament. You know, they kind of faded a little bit in the, in, during the season, but you know. It's a team that's under Oscar Fajeras, who we know obviously a lot from FC Dallas. He knows how he wants the team to play, and he gets his team motivated to play. We can't we can't take that away from him. So I mean, 
the one that I am interested in, you know, obviously as far as odds go, you know, you know, you mentioned Atlanta United being underneath Orlando. You know, obviously we know that they have a big, big player coming back this season that's going to be um, healthy, hopefully, or might take a little bit of time for him to get back to full health. But, you know, obviously Atlanta United has become Argentina United. You know, so <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what happens with those guys. Yeah, uh, Atlanta is an intriguing one there, uh, and they're at plus two thousand, which is not a bad bet whatsoever. Uh, I mean, you're definitely definitely looking to to make your money back there. Portland again tied with Atlanta at ninth uh, at plus two thousand, which I think is again it's a pretty solid bet either of those teams. Uh, but we're gonna we're gonna go down a little further down the list. So uh, I was curious because I wanted to see how the Texas teams kind of compare. Uh, so FC Dallas of the Texas teams, FC Dallas is is kind of the top of those three teams. Tied for 16th overall at plus 3,300. Uh, they're tied with Chicago Fire, uh, and they're directly beneath New England, LA Galaxy, Minnesota, uh, and the other teams that we just talked about as well. Um, I, 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 I don't struggle with that at all because I do think that uh, Dallas has a possibility to be, you know, continue to be that good. They've got enough youth and depth uh, to be able to do it. But on the flip side, they also lost three players overseas this this offseason, uh, and they really haven't backfilled a whole lot yet, uh, which would give me enough pause for concern to say, mm, I don't know if 16th is fair, uh, maybe slot them a little lower. Uh, so that's Dallas before. And again, I'm going to give you all three of the, the Texas teams. So that's Dallas at 16th. Uh, you've got Austin. Sean, before you continue. Yeah, yeah, I'll wait. Before you, continue with, before you continue with the Texas trio. Where is um, Sporting Kansas City? Somebody in the chat has. has yeah, asked. I saw it. So and, Sporting uh, Kansas City is in seventh at plus sixteen hundred. They uh, fall under uh, uh, fourth is New York City F uh, NYCFC at plus one thousand. Uh, fifth uh, is tied between Union uh, Philly Union and Toronto FC at plus twelve hundred, and then you got SKC at seventh at plus sixteen hundred. So no, and SKC. I mean, up. before you get before you get, yeah before you get back to the Texas trio. You know, SKC, obviously, we're, we're, we're very familiar with those guys, one of our main rivals in this league. And, you know, obviously, they had a great acquisition in Alan Polito, who, you know, I'm going to give him his, his, his props. You know, I, I didn't think he was going to be that much of a signing for them. As he said, I'm not a big, real big fan of his game. But, you know, hey, he proved, he proved me wrong. He came up, and, and he did what he needed to do as a number nine, score goals, provided assists, you know, was a big, big acquisition for Sporting Kansas City, and we'll see. Maybe another year under, under his belt in MLS, you know, maybe he'll step his game up another notch and and lead him lead that pack. So at plus, what you say, plus sixteen hundred, sixteen hundred for SKC. Yeah, that's not that's not that's not a bad you know bad bad line for SKC. Let, let me ask guys. let me ask this: Do you take SKC at plus sixteen hundred over Portland or Atlanta at plus two thousand? I mean, like I said, like I said, like well, once you start getting, because I mean, obviously, I think there are the differences between like what you said, seventh and uh, twelve was like maybe four hundred points between those between those. Uh, um, yeah, seventh and seventh and uh, <laughs> Portland is ninth. I mean, you're talking it's it's a small gap of four yeah, so, so, hundred. So I mean, but it's basically, and this I'm just you know just tip for people out there if there's any other degenerates out there, which I'm pretty sure there are. Um, you know, I don't know what you you're talking to, about, Mark. <clears throat> and you get to that close of a margin. You know, this basically is a bunch that I was mentioning earlier in the in the segment. Um, you have to just really do just do your due diligence and just review the team and, and basically just go see which team you think is best. You know. Yeah. Uh, you know, and and obviously, you know, I think I agree, if you're if you're giving me SKC in Portland, um, I might I might I'm tempted to take Portland over SKC. I think I'm in the same boat, and and it's a little bit to do with the difference in the line. That extra 400 that makes a difference, uh, but it's also the fact that I think Portland honestly has the better of those two teams. That's not to say SKC is bad by any stretch. I just think Portland's better. Uh, I think they've they've I, I think their their team makeup uh, is good enough, especially getting Sebastian Blanco back, and it looks like Sebastian Blanco will be ready uh, basically within the first month of the season. Uh, you know that's a that's a team that's going to be a tough out for anybody. Uh, and at plus two thousand, I mean, why not? If you're going to drop some money, you, you do it on a team that you think has a chance. And you know anybody who's betting that line at least has a chance at a you know at, at a pretty decent payout. Uh, but uh, again, let's get back to the Texas teams real quick. Not that I want to go too far away, but uh, so that was FC Dallas. 
Uh, coming in tied for 21st uh, with RSL, San Jose, Vancouver is Austin FC uh, at 6,600. The Hipsters hitting it 6,600, plus 6,600. Uh, and then tied for 25th, which is, of course, last in the league, uh, is FC uh, uh, Cincy, BC, and, of course, Houston Dynamo FC at plus 10,000. So let me ask you this question. Who are you taking? Here are you taking? Who are you taking with that bet? Uh, if you're going to drop money, are you taking FC Dallas at plus 3,300? Are you taking Austin FC at plus 6,600? Or are you taking Houston Dynamo FC at plus 10,000? And this is, let's say you're putting, uh, you're putting down $100 on it. Make it making an interesting level of uh, wager here. Make it interesting. Should say you should have said 500, then I would have been like, oh nah, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm reaching. Damn, how much money you put down, man? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, no, no. Don't get me. Don't, don't get me wrong. You know, hundred dollars is a nice little chunk of change too. Don't get me wrong. But I mean, but, but five hundred. Now you start thinking. Now you're now you're looking for every kind of little advantages that you can. You know, <clears throat> you know. And before I answer that question, you know, I might I might have to get a couple people together and like everybody pitch in ten dollars, and we might have to take we might have to punch a ticket for that that plus ten thousand on the dynamo. <laughs> you never know. Um, but um, no, man. I mean. Uh, who was it? FC Cincy, Dynamo, and who else? Uh, FC uh, Cincy, DC, uh, DC United, and the Dynamo. And DC United has fallen, man. Can you Cincy. argue with it? Can you argue with them being there though? Right now, I can't. I, no, I, they, no, they, no, they, no, they no, deserve I can't. To be there. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it's just the the players they've lost, man. I mean, you know, it's just it's just kind of amazing they, how they and. Lost. Let's add to that. They just lost uh, Lucien Acosta today. They traded him away for allocation money, five hundred fifty thousand in allocation and right. money. Or yeah, for right. his rights. But but still, I mean, that's another player that that they really. That's a player they really and, used. And who got him was FC Cincy. Yep. <laughs> so, yep. So I mean, you know, uh, I mean, look. Obviously, I'm gonna be a homer, and I'll probably and I'm probably gonna take the Dynamo out of those three teams. But I would, but I wouldn't be too far away from taking Cincy if that was the case. You know, if 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 I was if I was neutral and you know and not you know any any kind of way um, of a fan of a club, um, Cincy wouldn't be that that far away from me punching a, a ticket for them. You know, if I had to, if I had sure. to pick between those three teams. But yeah, it would most definitely be Dynamo, Cincy, then DC United. Um, but you know, like I said, we're going and and right now, but if we're going, we're kind of going based off history, right? Sure. No, because that's all you can go on right now. You can't, you can't really go off anything else, especially with a club like Cincy that's only been a, that's only been around for what two years now. Yep. Um, you know, and you know they they are obviously they're they're acquiring players. If if I think they've invested a little bit into their into their talent on their pitch, you know. Uh, things of that sort. Now, DC United's another, an, another, a different example because we do have history on them. But you know, obviously, with the players that they've lost, you know, throughout the last couple of seasons, you know, their quality has gone way down. But that's the thing about betting soccer, man. Sometimes you know, history of a club, you know, can steer you the wrong way, and sometimes you got to worry about the now and not worry about the past. So, but, yeah, I'm gonna go with the Dynamo and Cincy, then DC United on those. Uh, yeah, and, uh, you know, between those three, I can definitely see that. So uh, <laughs> enough about the betting lines uh, for <laughs> MLS Cup 2021 winners. I, I, I you know, again, I've, I've got my questions around those, but, you know, they are they are put together by, uh, you know, by individuals that, uh, you know, look and try to determine what the line should be. That's kind of the first betting line of the season. That's going to shift tremendously, especially as this, the preseason kicks off and more movement happens coming into the league or going out of the league i think we'll see a lot of those lines change it'll be interesting to w follow them throughout the season mark maybe you can find a time to work through that and see what you can uh, track throughout the season it'd be kind of cool in a spreadsheet or something i don't know just an idea uh yeah because wouldn't that be cool at the end of the season to just kind of see how it all plays out and what the best bet would have been uh okay so you know, it, it, oh go ahead before you know what i'm gonna do I mean, and I'll I'll try to keep consistent with this. Um, what we'll do is we'll have like a little, you know, obviously you know how we do our predictions before the games and things of that nature. So what we'll do is I'll I'll make sure to have the betting lines for that game, 
There you go. You know, and I'll, I'll do my, and I'll do my research on it. You know, and all this stuff. Like, like if I'm betting myself, and I might punch a, a ticket for a couple of games. You know, along the way, uh, and uh, you know, if anybody's interested, you know, and then you know which way I'm going and and why, I'll let you guys know why. And and you know, stay tuned for uh, Mark's newest podcast uh, titled. Uh, t- titled "Betting Lines" and why you should be careful to uh, spend all your money on betting lines uh, for sports, especially soccer. I mean, I mean look, 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 guys, look, guys, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna give you a little bit of free advice when it comes to gambling, man. Never um, gamble what you don't have to gamble with. Never gamble what you're not what you're not able to lose. One, number two, if you if you have a if you have a role to start off the season with, never bet more than ten percent of your entire role. Okay, regardless of how much you think it's a short thing. That you're gonna, oh, this is a short thing. I can increase my my bankroll, whatever. Do not ever go over ten percent of your roll. So just two, 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 two advices I live by that you know, don't bet what you can't afford to lose, and don't go over ten percent on one bit of your bankroll. All right. So moving on from the uh, the preseason betting lines for MLS Cup 2021. Uh, an article was uh, came out, actually, I think it was just earlier today, by British MLS. I've actually never followed these guys before, but uh, I think I'm going to have to from now on. BritishMLS.wordpress.com. Uh, the title of the article is, Houston, Do We Still Have a Problem? And frankly, this was a great article. It came, it came out kind of as a rebuttal to the MLS Cup betting odds for 2021 that we just talked about. Uh, I kind of like the opener. I think this does a disservice to the Dynamo, who have quietly gone under the radar. Sorry, there was an article posted today on MLS.com which revealed Houston Dynamo were the least favored team among bookmakers to win MLS Cup. I think this does a disservice to the Dynamo, who have quietly gone under the radar over the last few months, carefully crafting the foundations of what could be the early stages of a surprising storyline. Look, I'm not proclaiming the imminent return of the former MLS Cup champions to the league's elite. I'm merely saying the Texans may have stopped falling into the traps that have hindered them in recent years. A recruitment drive of proven MLS talent largely focused on central areas of the pitch is a refreshing change which could finally give the Dynamo a sense of strong foundations, something they have been sorely lacking in recent seasons. With that being said, uh, he ta- they jump immediately into talking about Joe Corona and why that was such a good, shrewd piece of business. The 30-year-old, 30-year-old can offer the stability and calmness in midfield that any successful side needs. He's a man who knows the ins and outs of the league and could be the perfect partner for fellow new recruit Derek Jones. He then goes on to talk about Derek Jones and how how Derek Jones' best football was played under Tab Ramos when he was with the youth, uh, U.S. Youth National Team side. Um, and he talks about Derek Jones a little bit. So before we go any further with that, talking about those central midfielders, uh, he talks about an interesting potential partnership that could develop between Corona and Jones. We talked a little bit about this last week, but I, I want to get your opinion. Who are your starting, you know, especially as the season wears on, do you think that, I'm not even going to ask who, do you think as the season wears on, we could ultimately see a partnership of, say, a Joe Corona and a Derek Jones, as opposed to a partnership of Vera and Seren, or uh, Vera, yeah, well, it would have to be Vera and Seren at this point. Uh, Do you think that, you know, Jones and... Uh, Derek Jones and Joe Corona have enough uh, to to beat out Seren and, and Vera for those two spots. Before I answer that, you know I love how the article states that you know the that the Dynamo has focused focused a lot on the central of the, of the club, which means you know obviously like the backbone of the club, the spine of the club, which you know we've kind of we've I kind of argued back and forth a little bit, you know, especially past season that needed a lot of help, especially centrally because you know one of the one of the bad things about the club was transitioning from offense to defense when they lose the ball. You know, but no, but to answer your question, um, no, it's interesting because you know, obviously, I think us as a fan base, we hold um, Vera and Seren very highly, you know, because of obviously what they did as players and a and a bad season, you know. Um, you know, Seren obviously has the respect of the coach. You know, I think Seren showed. He stepped his game up last season, you know, and showed why he deserves to be a starter. Vera, obviously, being um, the team MVP and things of that nature, uh, and working his his butt off, you know, doing what he can, and basically, you know, being able to captain the team a couple of times and things of that nature. Um, but 
obviously you bring in players to compete, right? And uh, Corona and Derrick Jones were brought in for that exact reason. And if those two are not pushing the other two, then there was no reason to bring them. So do I believe that at the end of the day, if the season starts with Saran and Vera, will we see the season end with Saran and Vera? Um, I, I don't think it will. I mean, because I think that the two players that you mentioned in Jones and Corona are players that are on par as far as talent with those other two, but are also players that can push those uh, push the, the the previous two that we stated. Um, so I do think that, you know, we'll end the season with somebody who's overtaking somebody else's spot. I'm not too sure who, but if I had to guess, it'd probably be Corona over Seren. Um, Eric Jones brings a different uh, dimension to being a DM as opposed to Vera. Obviously, with his height being a little bit bigger, a lot being a lot more physical, a lot more stout, uh, as opposed to obviously Vera being a little bit shorter in stature and you know a little bit more um, uh, skinny. But, you know, but he still does a great job for us. Um, so it just, ah, man, it's hard. But yeah, if I had to choose between those two, I think it would be Corona or Saran. Why I choose Jones over Vera. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. And I, I could see that, uh, obviously, because of the way that uh, those players uh, play, their play styles, it definitely fits that for sure. Uh, so I want to continue reading that article once I pull it back up because I accidentally closed my browser, of course, because that had to happen right then and there. Uh, stupid thing. Uh, uh, it's so, uh, Mark, go ahead and continue talking about uh, Sor- <laughs> Sorin Corona. Why, 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 why you do that? You know, another thing that's interesting about the article that I got to skim through a little bit before, you know, we got on the show was, you know, the fact that, you know, I like the fact that, you know, obviously they're focusing on, on MLS from across the pond, first and foremost, that's always a good thing. Um, but, you know, I have, it's a lot of interesting things with the, all these acquisitions that we made, you know, it's going to be, we, we, got, we, I think we can all be in agreement that the club is a lot stronger than what they were the last day of the season last season right um or at least i hope they are you know with with, with the people that that they brought in so I, I believe the club overall is is better quality more depth obviously now whether or not we gain enough talent and enough players to get us over the hump and get us back into playoff contention is, is another thing that we'll have to wait and see but you know i'm excited for the you know i'm not only just the midfield you know, obviously the defense, to see what the defense does. You know, there's still a lot of questions, even though we did finally get, well, we hope that we got a true captain and, you know, for the defense and Tim Parker, which I think we, we probably have. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see who he pairs up with. You know, what about Barlow? When when do we expect to see him, you know, get mean meaningful minutes? Um, you know, players, the, the, the fullbacks, obviously, like Benzama, Valentin, Lundqvist and Junkwa, you know what, what? What about those guys? Who's gonna come out of those? Uh, out of those, you know, battles, and who's gonna be starters and who's gonna be bench players? It's interesting you uh, bring up the defense because uh, the article does go on defensively. Houston spent much of the last campaign in a state of flux, unable to deal with the quality of opposition attacks, conceding close to two goals a game makes a fruitful season all but impossible, and so it was proven. Uh, he talks about the likes of Minor Figueroa and Victor Cabrera struggling in, a, in the league, which possesses more attacking flair than ever before. Uh, and then, then they go on to talk about the acquisition of Tim Parker uh, and how they needed to do a double take when Tim Parker had been signed, because while he wasn't at his best necessarily last year, when he's on his day or when he's at the top of his game, he is a top-class center back. I completely agree with that. And then also talks about how startling it was how the Dynamo were able to trade down in the draft and still secure Generation Adidas uh, defender uh, center back Ethan Bartlow uh, so far down the draft order uh, and how Bartlow is composed in the ball and forceful in the air and couldn't wish for a better person to learn from than Tim Parker himself. Uh, and then he, ta- he goes on to actually talk about uh, how having a fully fit Jose uh, Bisama will be a big important piece to this team. I, I wouldn't argue that at all. Uh, and and goes on to talk about a few other things. If you haven't read the article yet, first of all, shame on you. Uh, but you can check it out. Uh, go check out their Twitter. It's at British MLS. Uh, follow them, and then you'll see the the tweet with a with a link in there. We retweeted it earlier, but just in case, you could check it out that way. One of the things he brings up, we talked about it last week. 
he talks about there's still the rumors out there about uh, Carlos Salcedo uh, being potentially linked with the Dynamo, the Dynamo having interest, not having made a formal offer, but that could come at some point. Um, what that would do in terms of pushing Ethan Bartlow to the bench, et cetera, et cetera, but how that would definitely be a hell of a defensive partnership between a, a player like Carlos Salcedo and a player like Tim Parker. That is a a a, a, a tandem uh, a center back partnership that would make people stand up and take notice and would be one hell of a break from the past. Frankly, that would feel like going back to the days of Eddie Robinson uh, and and uh, Bobby, Boswell. Bobby Boswell, uh, Ryan Cochran, <laughs> David Horst. Going back that far, if you want, coming back a little bit earlier or a little more recent, uh, but just those days of having those. Those those center backs that don't take crap from anybody. Uh, we ha- I don't really feel we've had that, uh, especially here recently. So uh, I do want to call this out. He does bring up Mateo Batomic, uh and how he's a he's a player that could uh, potentially see uh, you know see an opportunity. Uh, he talks about Tyler Pasher, uh, who's the player we signed from USL from Indy Eleven. Uh, Tyler Pasher's coming off the back of a brilliant run of form in USL, and with the wind in his sails could spring a few surprises. And then he brings up uh, Maximiliano uh, Urruti uh, and how even though his playing style can be frustrating to watch, if you look at the actual statistics, though, the former Dallas and Montreal man is a useful person to have on the roster and will provide another important option in an attack. Uh, with all that being said, he does say, uh, we have to keep things in perspective, Houston are coming from a very low base. Are they better than last season? Uh, or they are better than last season, but are they going to compete with Columbus, Seattle, and LAFC? Uh, almost certainly not. But he does say things are moving in the right direction, and a tough era has been left behind, uh, et cetera, et cetera. But I like the ending of the article. <laughs> Excuse me. From the ashes of a strange, fraught, and erratic campaign, Houston have emerged stronger and more resilient. Who knows quite how far they will rise, but the Dynamo will have the last laugh over the bookmakers. I love that ending, and I gotta applaud whomever this is that actually wrote that. I don't think the uh, the uh, the author's name is technically on there. Uh, just British MLS. That's all you need to know, I guess. Uh, but that is a hell of an ending for an article. A very good kind of teaser ending to an article. I just wanted to give him props. Definitely deserved. Follow him on Twitter at British MLS, uh, and then of course hit us up if you have discussion points. Uh, is there anything else that you want to talk about related to that article specifically, Mark? Yeah, um, you know, it's like I said prior. I do agree that the team is stronger. You know, a lot more debt, a lot more quality. Uh, now, do I think that they're in the, on level with Seattle and all of those guys? No, obviously not. But what I am hoping at is that we're finally able to, you know, compete and maybe make a playoff spot. You know, I don't think that's too far fetched or too beyond the realm of possibility where, you know, where we shouldn't be competing for a, a playoff spot this season. And, you know, in MLS, once you make the playoffs, anything can happen. You know? So, you know, I think it's just the fact that we just need to, we just need to get over that hump of not making the playoffs, man. You know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, it, especially it, the reason why I think I, I, I think a lot of people on here are so enamored with making the playoffs because, it's not hard to make the playoffs in MLS, honestly. It seems like everybody's making the playoffs, you know, in MLS. I think it's 16 teams out of 25 make the playoffs, right? That's more than 50% of your entire league. So it shouldn't be as difficult as it has been for us to make the playoffs. You know, but unfortunately, you know, we've been stuck in this, you know, like, not, don't, you're not making the playoff uh, force field kind of type of deal for these last couple of seasons. And it's frustrating as a fan, obviously, you know, and I know that club is doing everything that they can, you know, within within their their resources to try to get the Dynamo back in the playoffs. And I, I think the season would be a very, a very good um, layout as far as the foundation of turning this club into a winning club and and changing that culture around and making it a winning culture if they can succeed and make the playoffs this season. You know, that'll be something to watch out for for this season. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, certainly uh, agree with you. Um, look, the Dynamo are better. Um, there's no doubt about that. Defensively, they should be better with Tim Parker back there uh, anchoring that back line. And 
There was an article that came out, uh, I think it was on MLSsoccer.com, but it might have been from Victor Ariza uh, at the Striker Texas. Um, but basically it was an interview with Tim Parker, and Tim Parker said, you know, hey, I'm coming in expecting to be that leader. I'm expecting to be that vocal guy in the center of the pitch. You know, I'm I'm going to be that guy. That's going to be me. I'm going to be loud. I'm going to be... You know, he basically talked about accountability, too. You know, he intends to be accountable not only to himself but to the team, to his teammates, uh, and he intends to keep them accountable as well. And we've talked about <laughs> before that that was one thing the Dynamo were missing was that leadership component, that leader, true leader on the pitch that you know match in, match out, is always going to be that guy. Uh, and if that's Tim Parker, uh, and I have every reason to believe it will be, then you know you fill that role. You, you put that person in, in place. You paid the money for him. And it, look, if he if he comes true, if he's that player that we expect he can be, then you know that, and you improve the defense enough, <coughs> that goes a long way for your twenty twenty one kind of result of the season, if you will. But uh, go ahead, Mark. I can see you no. itching to say something. You know, everybody w- when we acquired Tim Parker, everybody was worried about you know that the allocation money that we owe New York Red Bulls can be up to a million dollars in allocation money. When and I and I said, you know what? I hope it's a million dollars, because if it's a million dollars, that means that Tim Parker, you know, came in here and and was a solution to our problem in the backfield. He's he he he's our starting right, uh, our starting center back. He's our leader. He's our he's our defender. He's our anchor. Whatever whatever you want to call him. I said, you know, the thing is, you know, I know a lot of people were like, oh my god, a million dollars. So what? If uh, if a million dollars is all it took for you to find your 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 defense, your defensive stopper, so be it, man. I'm that's 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 cheap in my in my opinion. You know, we're throwing, we're out here talking about you know rumors of sixteen million for his partner, hopefully, and and Carlos Salcedo. You know, I mean, dude, that's 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 a big pill to, to swallow. But like I said, you know. I hope that, you know, we're paying a million dollars in allocation money to New York Red Bulls because that means, you know, Tim Parker came in here, became the enforcer, you know, became that defensive stop stop gap that we need, you know, that we've been desperately in, in need of. And, you know, he, and he's doing his thing. Oh, hey, uh, Mello, thanks for that tip. Uh, that's actually a really good tip about Control-Shift-T. Uh, it reopens, I guess, your last closed tab. Uh, really cool. Uh, um, so there's another article that came out on MLS soccer that I wanted to talk about, uh, and that is MLS's eight extreme predictions for the 2021 MLS season. Uh, there are some interesting predictions on here. These are supposed to be bold predictions, so I can't fault the author in that regard, but uh, let's talk about a few of these. So I'm going to jump to number two prediction here because that was the one that caught my eye the most. Uh, this summer, (coughs) excuse me, this summer will bring the most DPs in MLS history. Uh, I, I mean, that's not exactly, in my opinion, a very bold, you know, prediction to make, a, a very extreme prediction. Because uh, if you think about it, <coughs> MLS just introduced the U22 initiative, which starts this year. Uh, and, and that adds another, basically, another three DP slots uh, available for teams to use on top of their existing DP slots that they could use. So you could have teams that can end up with five, six DPs. Uh, and so, yeah, easily, <coughs> excuse me, easily, I think, uh, 2021 is going to see the most MLS, uh, DPs, uh, during the summer window brought in specifically. Uh, what are your thoughts, Mark? Uh, you know, we're talking about a, a player in particular that could be a, a DP that you just mentioned just a second ago, and we've already talked about in Carlos Salcedo. Uh, do you think the Dynamo bring in a, a player like Carlos Salcedo and then maybe look to bring in another younger player to hit that U22 initiative level as another DP? You know, as far as the MLS in general overall, yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't think that's really much of a bold statement. I do expect the summer transfer window to be really busy for MLS, uh, especially for the clubs that are there, that start out well and trying to, you know, uh, establish themselves as a MLS Cup contender. Um, and you got to think about it as well, man. Like I said, the COVID-19 uh, thing is still affecting a lot of clubs around the world financially. And, and uh, because of that, a lot of clubs have, need to sell players, you know? And, and unfortunately for, like, a lot of clubs in South America and things of that nature, they need to sell their best players to garner as much money as possible. 
know now whether or not uh, any any uh, whether or not of uh, MLS clubs are going to jump on that and try to play pay premium dollars for 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 players that they could that they're getting actually getting cheaper than what they would normally be costing in a regular atmosphere. Who knows? We'll see. You know, but like us, but you know, there's a lot of players, a lot of big name players. Obviously, you know, because MLS is always looking for the next big name to come over. Um, that are going to be free soon, you know, as far as, you know, being able to join the other club without no transfer fee aside to them and things of that nature. Uh, a lot of big name players who are around that 30 to 32, 33 year, year range that, you know, that will come in here and dominate in MLS, you know, sometimes depending if they're, depending on how their attitude towards the league is. Um, so I do believe that the summer will be very, very busy as far as MLS standards go for DPs. I mentioned the Dynamo. Um, you know, whether it's Salcedo or, or somebody else, I do expect I do I do expect the Dynamo to go and make a splash somewhere. Um, depending on what's needed at that time period. Um, now whether Salcedo comes in fire. I, I highly doubt it. I think they're going to go into the season with what they got, you know, and then see what where they're at, you know, when the summer transfer window opens up and things of that nature. Now, <clears throat> now who knows? Maybe when that transfer window opens up, who knows? We might have one of the top defenses defenses in the league, and South State might not be a priority at that time. And maybe the, now you can focus that money on maybe uh, a top-notch midfielder or a top-notch, you know, uh, forward. Um, but I do expect the Dynamo to go out there and 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 splash some money and maybe not get you know obviously your big name DP but get a, a player of talent you know with a lot of talent and as far as the young DP that the U twenty two initiative that they that they rolled out under the new uh, under the new CBA um, yeah why not I mean the Dynamo have always been one of those teams that want to go get young players and. And hope and hopeful and be hopeful to develop them and then sell them off. But you know, this time if you do develop them, sell them off if you need to. Yeah, for sure, <clears throat> definitely agree with you on that. And uh, you know, for those that say, well, you know, uh, the Dynamo are lacking in attacking quality now with the losses of Elise and Minotas. You know, you're not you're not backfilling to to cover for that with a Mateo Mohamed and. Uh, you know, and in in uh, Rudy and uh, Lassiter and um, you know Tyler Pasher and and the other players that in uh, Fafo Pico, you know those players aren't going to equate to what you lost in the attack, and I think that's fair. I, I don't think I don't disagree with that. But there was a point that was brought up uh, on the MLS Soccer. I don't even know which which show it was on there. Just check them all out, and eventually you'll find it. But uh, it was a point that somebody brought up, and I was like, man, that's a really good point. You have to remember, you know, if the Dynamo are as limited in spending as we think they are, is it better for them to spend on attack or on defense uh, to spend that kind of money? If they have that kind of money that they can afford to spend, is it better to spend it on attack or defense? You get more bang for your buck. Uh, defenders are cheaper. High quality defenders are cheaper. If you can't afford to spend that 10 to 15 million dollars, uh, closer to 15 for a high end attacker, your money is better spent bringing in that high-end defender and plotting in a whole bunch of different players as attackers and finding the ones that can work together. Um, and, and so, you know, from that aspect, from that perspective, you know, if the Dynamo can afford a player like Car Carlos Salcedo, regardless of how, how good the team's defense may be at that point, if you can improve it, and there's no doubt that a Carlos Salcedo and a Tim Parker together are going to improve the defense. Um if you can improve it at that point and you're spending, you know, roughly what you would have spent on spent on the attack, which you're getting a player that, you know, is a top level player, uh, you know, for a few seasons. I mean, it's hard to turn away from that idea. Uh, it's hard to turn away from that as being a wise investment and a wise decision. Uh, so I just wanted to piggyback on what you were saying. Yes, I completely agree with you. Yes, that's true. I guess we'll just have to wait and see how it goes for the season. Uh we're running out of time real quick, and there's two more points out of this article in particular I wanted to call out. Uh, the next one, which is the, uh, I call it my uh, M. Jones is smoking the good shit uh, number uh, four here, Portland wins CCL. 
tell me what you think of this. Is Portland primed to win CCL this year? You know, and you know, and going back to the, the gambling bit we had earlier, the reason why I, I said Portland at their at that number was is a really good uh, number. Portland, Portland does really well in tor- in tournaments, man. You know, obviously they won the MLS's bag tournament last season, and uh, you know, obviously when they get in the playoffs, they do pretty well sometimes in the, in the playoffs as well. You know, them winning an MLS Cup and things of that sort. And like I said, CCL. I can't remember. I can't remember when it's gonna be played or when it's gonna be start or when it's gonna start playing. Um, I so I can't really tell you if it's gonna be a benefit to, for them because it's gonna be the start of the season. Whether maybe they can just focus on that and solely on that to start off the season and then worry about the season later on after they they're done with the campaign in CCL. But let's not forget, man. They have players of quality that have played big games. Other countries, uh, you know, they've played Copa Libertadores games. They played Copa Sudamericanas, you know, things of that sort. And players like uh, Diego Valeri and Sebastian Blanco and and, and the Chara twin and the Chara brothers and things of that nature. So, I think, I mean, I, would I be surprised if they win CCL? Yeah, I would be. But to be if would I be surprised if they were the first team to win it? No, I don't think I don't think I would be as much, you know, because I think Portland is very the very stable team from 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 one to twenty five, you know, I think they're very on par. They're not they're not too top heavy, and their and their bottom tier of players are not that that big of a fall off. So let me ask you this: <clears throat> Is Portland a team that if Diego Valeri has an injury early in the season, are they a team that drops tremendously in your rankings, if you will? There, well, let, let's well, let's keep in mind Diego Valeri isn't the isn't the focal point as he was prior, like maybe two three seasons ago, right? So I think if if Diego Valeri obviously still a, a important part, important piece to their to their to their attack and all that stuff, I think them losing Sebastian Blanco last season hurt them more than if Valeri ends up season. So I don't think it would be it would it, yeah obviously the quality of play would fall but I don't think it'd be such a big hit as it would have been in years past. Uh, I looked it up for you. Uh, the round of sixteen for CCL begins Tuesday, April sixth. Uh, marathon CD Marathon from Honduras versus Portland Timbers, uh, and that is in Honduras. So April sixth. So you know right at right right literally the same week of. Uh, MLS Open play or the the MLS opener uh, that actually Portland plays uh, in Portland on Tuesday, April 13th, uh, and then they play Saturday, April 17th. Uh, so four days later. Uh, yeah. So 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 I, I so in my <laughs> opinion, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, if they, if they're really gonna take it seriously in CCL, which I think everybody in MLS should always take it seriously, regardless of what your what you think your odds are of winning it. Are, but um, if I'm if I'm the Portland Timbers head coach, uh, all this preseason that I'm doing right now, or all these preseason matches, is focus on CCL. Uh, Portland, my Portland Timbers too would be opening up MLS play at this moment. I agree with you. So uh, uh, enough about that. Enough about CCL. Uh, the last thing I wanted to talk about, and we have just a couple of minutes, so I'm gonna kind of get this one, one in quick, but. Uh, number five on the list of predictions here is, uh, and, and it's an interesting one, Atlanta will score at a rate we have yet to see before over an entire season. Uh, it's interesting to me because Sam, in the very same article, in the very same like explanation of that prediction, uh, actually in there refutes the prediction and says, maybe I'm not really so sure this is actually going to happen. Uh, you know, he talks about uh, how Atlanta has trended down the last two seasons in terms of scoring pace uh, and have proven that they and he doesn't talk about this, but I'm adding this have proven to me that they missed both Tata Martino uh, as their coach and Miguel Amarone as that second striker, that that player that can link up with Joseph Martinez. Uh, and then he does talk about Joseph Martinez coming off his injury, the ACL injury that held him out for a little bit over a year. Uh, and then he talks about the backups, uh, backup strikers 
are a 38-year-old uh, uh, Lisandro Lopez uh, and a, uh, you know, starting to show his age a little bit almost, Kubo Torres, who is the backup to the backup striker. Uh, look, do you, do you buy into this? Do you think that, that Atlanta can return to a better than two goals per match uh, uh, scoring rate uh, with the team that they've assembled right now? Look, I, I am excited for them as far as, you know, them bringing in the coach and, and Gabriel Henes. I think he's going to return them back to a little bit of what the Tata, you know, uh, ACL was prior to the Frank de Boer disaster. Um, obviously, their, sco their scoring numbers fell off because of the system that Frank de Boer was, was running. And then obviously on top of that, you throw the fact that, you know, you lost Joseph Martinez, uh, a 30 goal, a uh, 30 plus goal scorer for the season, you know, was out. So obviously that's going to impact you a lot. Now, I think they're going to do something crazy like that. No, not necessarily because I don't think they have the players for that at the moment, you know, but you know, with Atlanta United, you never know who they can bring in. But, uh, but I don't, yeah, I think that's a, that's a tall, tall cup, cup for them to fill. And I don't think they're going to do it. Now, I think it's a little bit of an excitement on Sam's part of the fact that, you know, that you're going to have Joseph Martinez come back. And yeah, he, I, I'm pretty sure he's going to come back. And if there's a re if there's a regular full season, I'm pretty sure he'll be one of the top scorers in the league and all that good stuff. But you also got to remember, man, being out for a year and to be able to get back at that form, especially the top form that he was in prior to the injury, that's going to be a hard task for him. It's going to take him a little bit more than just preseason. It might take him a, a little bit of more of like a month or so to to get to get him back to eighty percent of what he was, you know. Nonetheless, you know, 100% of what he was. So, I mean, no, simple answer, no. I don't think they're going to achieve it. Yeah, I completely agree with you. You know, I mentioned uh, you guys know very strong, you know, know my strong opinion related to losing Tata Martino. What a, what a difficult loss that was for them, knowing full well that they were not going to be the same team, even though everybody had them rated so highly after Tata left and after Miguel Almiron left. Uh, there was no doubt. You lose that, that's just too much to lose to overcome. And to me, at this point, they haven't done enough to overcome what they've lost even still two, two to three seasons later. Uh, and we're still seeing the effects of that. I think we will still see the effects of that. Look, Joseph coming back is great. It's a great storyline. But that's not a player. And I don't care how much effort he's put into it. He is not going to be a player that just comes in and is immediately back on that goal scoring clip. It's going to take him two, three months, if not longer, to get that feel back. Uh, MLS, the, the speed of MLS is different even than it was just two to three seasons ago when he was scoring at that pace. It'll be interesting to see. And again, as a reminder, this was a knee injury. And what do Atlanta play on? It's not a grass field. They play on turf. Um, now, technically turf. It's it's still grassy, but it's not. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's not good for his knees, man. It's just not. It's not uh, with that being said. It's not AstroTurf, thank God, but it's still, it's still, it doesn't have the same level of cushion um, that natural grass would have. Um, with that being said, guys, obviously it's 8.30. We only intended to go for about an hour tonight, so we've hit that mark. Thank you for tuning in yet again. We appreciate it. Uh, <coughs> do us a favor, uh, and uh, make sure if you haven't yet, follow us on Anchor.fm. That's Anchor.fm slash Gen Orange. I mentioned it earlier. Uh, also, along uh, along those lines, uh, keep an eye out for some stuff coming from Harry uh, for his podcast uh, at RamNICOL on uh, on Twitter. Uh, make sure you follow him. You're not going to want to miss it. He's working on some stuff. Uh, it'll be very, very cool. Uh, and then, of course, guys, thank you for tuning in. We do appreciate it. As always, stay forever. I was going to say forever orange, and I'm like, wait, no, that's not right anymore. Uh, hold it down. Hold it down.
If you're enjoying the show and find yourself wanting to discuss with us during the week, hit us up on Twitter. At Gen Orange Radio, we try to tweet a few times per day or at least respond to tweets that mention us. You can also follow at Chase Agovia, Mark's Twitter, for the greatest hot takes. And of course, follow me at Sean Ringrose, even though I may be wrong about roughly 25% of the time. Thanks for listening, and as always, enjoy the rest of the show. You know, guys, we are very fortunate to have many good friends in the soccer community, but the one we are most grateful for is Jen Cooper, a.k.a. Keeper Notes. Jen is an absolute goldmine of wisdom, experience, and advice, and Mix Zone, that's Mix Zone with two X's, is one of the best women's soccer podcasts running today. Check the podcast out at https colon backslash backslash bgn.fm backslash category backslash podcasts backslash the hyphen mixed with two x's hyphen zone or just check out the keeper notes twitter at keeper notes hey thanks for listening enjoy the show well guys that is it for this week's audio only podcast episode which has been uploaded to anchor.fm Special thanks to our producer and streamer boy, Nestor Luna, for helping take care of the technical details each week for our show. We look forward to talking with you again real soon. Hold it down, Houston.